You're listening to another premier old-time radio program at Padango.com and also a proud member of the Blueberry community. Another Humphrey Camardella production. entertained by some of the biggest names in show business. For the next hour and 30 minutes, this program will present in person such bright stars as Ethel Barrymore, Joan Davis, Bob Hope, Van Johnson, Rachel Mark, Ezio Pinta, Jimmy Wallington, Meredith Wilson, and my name, darlings, is Tallulah Bankhead. <laughs> National Broadcasting Company presents The Big Show. The Big Show. 90 minutes with the most scintillating personalities in the entertainment world. Brought to you this Sunday and every Sunday at the same time as the Sunday feature of NBC's All-Star Festival. And here is your hostess, the glamorous, unpredictable Tallulah Bankhead. Well, darlings, the big show is in Hollywood this week, and it's amazing the difference in the people on the two coasts. Now, here, everybody looks so healthy and invigorated. Back east, everybody looks so pallid and investigated. (laughs) Well, the first thing you notice out here is how suntanned everybody is. They all look as if they'd just come back from Florida. (laughs) Laugh, kids. Uh, Back in New York, everybody looks so pale as if he'd just come back from Mexico. Tune in tomorrow for another episode of Just Plain Bill O'Dwyer. No. Here's that pushy Bob Hope. That's all? Well, thanks. <laughs> thanks, anyway. Thanks, that's all. <laughs> down, down, down. Thank you. How about that? Well, Bob... Oh, just a minute. There's still a ripple of applause over in that corner. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. They really want me, don't they? They certainly do, baby. Look, Bob, darling, could I borrow that sweater you're wearing that lights up and says applause? If you do, you'll get twice as much as I do. Now, tell me, Chalou. <laughs> tell me, Chalou, what are you doing here in Hollywood? You're a little off your beat, aren't you? Oh, darling, my beat is pretty near everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's what they say everywhere. Tallulah's pretty beat. <laughs> Bob, please remember... You're only on this show because we couldn't get Maury Amsterdam. Now, what is that? Oh, applause. Oh, what do you get for that? A case of Maury Amsterdam? I only asked why you were in Hollywood because I thought you were out here to make a picture. Well, don't think I haven't been asked. Hmm, I know you've been asked, but I'm talking about pictures. Now, what's so special about making pictures? I'll give it to you again, Bob. Now, what's, what's so special about making pictures? You're just like all the other stars out here. You're so stuffy about the picture business. Oh, well, you're just jealous that I'm a leading man in pictures, and you're not. 
Say, did, uh... <laughs> did, uh, did you see my last picture? I hope so. <laughs> Cad. Say, but if you haven't seen my latest opus, The Lemon Drop Kid, why don't you come over to the house tonight? We'll have dinner, and then I'll show you the picture. I'd rather die. <laughs> In that case, come after dinner. You sound so bitter about the motion picture business. You should make a movie, Tallulah. They're talkies now, you know. Is that an offer, darling? You mean uh, they're talkies now, you know. You mean, uh, you mean you and me? Oh, why not? You made a picture called My Favorite Blonde, and you made another, My Favorite Brunette. How about making a picture with me? My Favorite Plaid. Uh, uh, Robert Hope. Or My Favorite Baritone. Bob, you're making this program a mess. Oh, I changed your formula after all these weeks. <laughs> but, Matalula, if you're really serious about doing a picture out here, the thing for you to do is to get a good manager. I have a manager. Well, tell him to get your job in pictures. I have a woman manager. Well, tell her. And then get a good publicity man to get you into the columns. I have a publicity woman. Okay, and you should get yourself a good lawyer to draw up your contract. I have a lawyer. She's very, very good. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you send them all over to see the Warner sisters? <laughs> Darling Bob, I don't have to go knocking on any door to get into pictures. I'm very well known on every lot in Hollywood. And some of the homes, too. <laughs> I'm talking about the movie lots. The last time I, I worked on a lot, everybody was amazed at my drive. I was hitting on all six. I had plenty of get up and go. I didn't put on the brakes for one minute while I was on that lot. Sounds like a used car lot. <laughs> I didn't go around knocking on doors in those days. Doors meant nothing to me. I didn't care if they said president, vice president, treasurer, ladies, gentlemen. I walked right through them. <laughs> I'm leaving before the place is pinched out. <laughs> now, come back here, Bob. How about the song? Song? I can't sing. Where's Gary's old man? We were supposed to sing a song together this week. He needs me now, you know. I boost him over the high notes. <laughs> Well, Mr. Crosby begged off this week's show. He's indisposed. Uh, he hasn't been well for a couple of weeks. It's something internal, I believe. Yeah, internal revenue. <laughs> I understand last March 15th, he coughed up a lot of money. Oh, so that's pay odds. <laughs> it's the only man who wears his money belt on the inside. Well, he has a lot of business projects, hasn't he? Has he? He just happens to be the exclusive West Coast distributor for money. <laughs> Does he work all the time, but he has a son working for him, too. Between him and that boy, Gary, they got more money than the government. You've heard their record, Uncle Sam's song. <laughs> well, now, how about the song you're going to do, Bob? Well, it's a song I did once with Crosby. If he's not here, I can't do it. Why not? <laughs> you mean... Who else? You sing? And how? Huh? Well, okay. Let's go. <laughs> Get a load of this dialogue. No wonder this show takes an hour and a half. But come on. But Tallulah, I don't know. <laughs> That's the funnier mic. Look, Tallulah. I don't know if you can do this song. It was written for Crosby and me. You won't fit the lyric. Well, let's try it, maybe. I will fit some of the lyrics. Okay, here we go. I don't care where I'm going, just as long as I'm with you. Put it there, pal. Put it there. 
I'll be just like your old toupee. I'll stick to you like glue. That doesn't fit me. Put it there, Put it there. I'm glad you're fooling Chesterfield and stealing all that loot. I hear your show on radio and some are kind of cute. Until they sign up, Gary, you'll just have to substitute. That doesn't fit me. You're faithful and you're fair. Put it there. You've got that something in your voice like sawing logs in half. That does not fit me. Put it there, pal. Put it there. I think your jokes are great. It's just that folks would rather laugh. Put it there, Put it there. Your face should make a fortune. Just your nose should make a lot. I like the way you wear those gaudy colored shirts you got. The only time a rainbow ever covered up a pot. That fits you. We make a perfect pair. Say, you're doing okay, Tulu. How about the two of us teaming up? We'd make a great trio. You mean me and you? Huh? That's the idea, but the billing is wrong. You mean you and me. I'll accept that. The two of us together would be great for radio. Put it there, pal. Put it there. It's time that you got rid of Bing. He holds you back, you know. Put, Put it, it there, there, pal. Put it there. We do a married couple show and call it Storm Strife. With funny jokes and tendencies of the domestic life. But you'd sound like the husband. Well, you'd make a darling wife. Oh, you'd wear the slacks in the family. You'd wear the girdle and that fist. <laughs> We'd we make, make the perfect cap. Put it there. My colleague. My crony. My cohort. My friend. Companion. Confederates. That fist, Buster. We'll be chums to the end, just like meat and potatoes. A thousand tomatoes. Boy, what, what a brand. Don't put it in the paper. Don't put it on the air. Don't put it in your pipe. Put it there. And now, darlings, it is time to bid welcome to Metro Golden Mayor's handsome young star, Mr. Van Johnson. Van Johnson appears now on the big show in a scene from Metro Golden Mayor's fine new picture, Go for Broke, which again combines the talents of the team that made Battleground Doris Sherry, Robert Parrish, and Van Johnson. Go for Broke is the story of a valiant and much decorated unit of the United States Army, the 442nd Regimental Combat Team, made up exclusively of volunteer American citizens of Japanese ancestry, known as Nisi. Go for Broke, titled after the motto of the 442nd, a crap-shooting phrase meaning truth that works, is the story of an heroic infantry outfit and the story of a young platoon leader in the outfit from Texas, Lieutenant Mike Grayson, who found out the hard way that he was privileged to be one of the fightingest, most elite in the entire American army. Here is Van Johnson in the role of Lieutenant Mike Grayson in the forthcoming Metro Golden Mayor, Go for Broke. Over hill, over hill. 
The 442nd United States Infantry Regiment was born at Camp Shelby, Mississippi, by order of President Roosevelt. The order read, The proposal of the War Department to organize a combat team consisting of loyal American citizens of Japanese descent has my full approval. The principle on which this country was founded and by which it has always been governed is that Americanism is a matter of the mind and heart. Americanism is not, and never was, a matter of race or ancestry. Sir, Lieutenant Grayson reports for duty. That is, Lieutenant. Welcome to Camp Shelby. Thank you, Colonel. This is your first assignment since receiving your commission? Yes, sir. Well, Lieutenant, it's a rough one. We're short of officers, short of equipment, short of everything but trainees. They're coming in by the carload. This is a brand new outfit, a new kind of outfit, Lieutenant. No precedent for it except one battalion that was activated in Hawaii, the 100. They haven't been put to the test yet. What do you think of this idea, Lieutenant? Sir, I'd like to make a request. Yes, what's that? I'd like your permission, sir, to put in for a transfer to the 36th Division. You see, sir, I'm from Texas. How's that got to do with it? The 36th is an old Texas National Guard unit. I've been in it ever since I got in the Army, until they sent me to OCS. I took it for granted I'd go back to the 36th. Any objection to working with the kind of troops we have here? Because they're Japs? Oh, no, sir. It isn't that at all. Let's get a couple of things straight, Lieutenant. You're staying here. You got that? Yes, sir. Second, they're not Japs. They're Japanese-Americans, Nisei. Or as they call themselves, Buddha heads. All kinds of Buddha heads, Lieutenant. From Hawaii, Alaska, California, New York, Colorado. Yes, some from Texas. They're all American citizens and they're all volunteers. Any questions? No, sir. That will be all. Wait a minute, you. How long have you been in the Army, soldier? Oh, let me see now. Maybe I've been staying inside about two, three months. How long have you been staying inside, Lieutenant? Don't you know you're supposed to hold your salute till the officer returns it? Oh, sure. Sometimes forget. Sometimes forget to say sir, too, don't you? Yes, sir. That's your own uniform? Sir, that's the smallest size he got, the supply sergeant. Uh, sir? Well, roll those sleeves down. Straighten out your leggings. Bombay, sir. I see the supply sergeant again, sir. He gonna get me a smaller size. Maybe, I hope, sir. You better see somebody before I see you again. Get back in the barracks. Break him up. You also, he come. Must be the one for us. Oh, boy, eight feet tall and mean like anything. Well, the honeymoon's over. Psst, here he comes. Bagatari. What was that that man just said? Uh, excuse me, sir. I, I don't know. You don't know? Sorry, sir. I don't speak Japanese. Bagatari. 
I didn't know what that meant in those days, and I guess it's just as well. I gave those guys a pretty bad time, taking it out on them because I was stuck in what I figured to be a third-rate outfit. All I prayed for was to get back to the Texas 36th. But we gradually got ourselves whipped into shape, and by the time we hit Italy and began to see action, I began to change my mind about those Buddha heads. They were real tough boys, almost as good a G.I.s as you'd expect a soldier with out of Texas. We got our baptism of fire in Italy, and after a couple of months, I thought we had as much fighting as any outfit could take. Then we were shipped to France for more of the same. Well, I wasn't kicking because in France we met up with my old Texas outfit. And then something happened that seemed almost too good to be true. I finally got my transfer. But a funny thing happened. I started missing those Buddha heads. It was weeks before I ran into them again in a little French cafe. Tommy! Say, you're looking great. Hello, Lieutenant. Sam, why don't you get those stripes? They don't care who they make platoon sergeant anymore. Oh, it's sure good to see you. I'll buy you a round of drinks. Uh, sorry, sir. We won't have time. Okay. See you around. They still didn't care for me too much. <laughs> well, I couldn't blame them. I was still a Bakatari to the Buddha heads. That night, my outfit went back on the line, up on a hill in the woods. We were making for the top, but the crowds were there, and pretty soon we were pinned down, but good. We were surrounded, cut off. The artillery observer got hit, and I took over. Wildcat 6, this is Wildcat 2. Fire mission over. Fire mission point. Fox Abel, Easy Baker, Mike Charlie, and point. King Sugar Charlie, Love Abel, how? What's that? The 442? Oh, now you're talking. Hey, Cully, how do you like that? They're sending us the 442 to get us out of this. 442? You mean chaps? They're a great outfit. Cole. Yeah, yeah. Frankly, winning the war single-handed. Look, if we got to depend on Japs... They're and... not Japs. They're Nisei. Buddha heads. To me, they're Japs. I'm warning you, Cully. One more crack out of you. We sweated it out for hours, but no Buddha heads. I went out with Cully to see if we could make contact couldn't see a thing in that pine forest, but we made contact with something. Crouch! Come on, let's get out of here. We haven't got a chance. Let them have it. Pour it on. I'll take a look. The Japs! They knock it off! Stop firing! What's the password? Come on, come on. What is it? Wait, I remember. Dempsey Doodle! That was it last week. Let's have that password to a fire! One, two, fuck it, die! Come on now. He can give you the right password. You ever hear that Jerry try to pronounce a Japanese word? If that's not a Buddha head, I'll... what? Look who's coming. A whole battalion's lost. And we gotta find Grayson. Oh, man. Never thought I'd be so happy to see a bunch of Japs. Uh, pardon me, I mean Japanese. Uh, I mean, I mean Nisi. No, that ain't it. What is it, Grayson? Buddha heads. Okay, okay. We hit the ground. This time we were sure it was Krauss. Must be a hundred of them up on the hill. Yeah. Hey, what is it they call you? Buddha heads? That's right. <laughs> oh, Grayson sure is touchy about that. I thought he was going to slug me a while ago. 
Did you hear that, Sam? I sure did. Hey, Lieutenant, how far away is the rest of your outfit? Less than a mile. When do we start? We don't. Not with them crowds on top of the hill. Shall we try to move through them, Lieutenant? Now, wait a minute, Grayson. We're not going up that hill. They'll be shooting right down our throats. We've got almost a whole platoon. What do you say, Lieutenant? That's up to you, Sam. It's not my platoon anymore. You want to bet? Fixed bayonets. Skirmish line up the hill. Hey, Tommy, tell me something. What does Bakatari mean? Well, really translated? You're a heel. A stupid jerk and a heel. That was putting it mildly. Let's go! Go for broke! Go for And that's the story of how I got over being a Bakatari. Thanks to you, Van Johnson, for a brilliant recreation of an excerpt from your latest picture, Go For Broke. Also to Henry Nakamura and Lane Nakano of the original cast and the other fine supporting players. Oh, Van, darling, come here, darling. It's too bad we haven't the time so we could have done more from this very important picture. Well, I can do more for you, Tallulah, if you like. I'm sure you could, darling. <laughs> I mean from the picture. Uh, yes, that's, that's what I meant. <laughs> These young ones are difficult, aren't they? <laughs> now, look, Van, sweetie, I have an idea. Why don't we do this? Now, after the show, I'll have loads of time. Oh, good. I'll be glad to. I got the whole picture for you. I'm sure you would, darling. <laughs> of course, we'll drop in somewhere and have a cocktail, and we'll go someplace nice for dinner. And then, if you like, you can rent a car and chauffeur, and we'll take a long drive. And then we'll drop in at Ciro's for the midnight show. And then we'll go dancing, and you'll pay the auction to play for us till early morning. All my favorite records. Now, uh, how's that sound, then? You mean go for broke? <laughs> <laughs> but when will I act out the rest of the picture? He's so stupid, but so desirable. <laughs> now, look, Van, darling, if the expense bothers you, why don't you skip all the other stuff? You can come up to my apartment, huh? Oh, that's good. Will I act up there? If you want to act up. Tallulah, <laughs> so, uh, you don't sound as if you're really interested in my acting the rest of this picture for you tonight. Well, now, let's put it this way, darling. No, I'm not. Well, I, I did have a sort of a tentative, uh... I'll call you. Oh, good. You know my number, darling. Oh, sure. What is it? What is it? Oh, it's, uh... Well, uh, let me see. Uh, Crestview. Yes, that's it. Crestview. Crestview what? Go ahead. Seven. That's it. Crestview seven. Four. Four. Eight. Eight. Six. Six. I knew you'd remember it, Van. <laughs> yes, I did, didn't I? Well, I guess I'll be going. Well, you call me uh, not later than seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. That's right. And if I don't hear from you by seven, I'll call you at five. Okay. Well, I guess I'll... I'm looking forward to this date, Van. It's been so long since we were out together. But we've never been out together. Doesn't that seem long to you, darling? <laughs> you know, I don't usually ask men to take me to dinner. As a matter of fact, 
I have all sorts of invitations from some of the most handsome stars in Hollywood. But only yesterday, Taylor called and wanted to take me out tonight. Oh, that Taylor Holmes is a nice old gentleman. I am talking about Robert Taylor. And this morning I had an invitation from Gregory. Oh, I know Mr. Radoff very well. Gregory Peck. And this afternoon I had a call from that handsome Mr. Grant. Go around with that. My favorite general. But not mine, Buster. Well, I guess I'll be going now. Oh, just a minute, man. Just a minute, darling. You know, we are singers short on our show this week. Bing couldn't make it. And uh, weren't you once in musical comedy? Well, I was a song and dance man in a couple of Broadway shows. Well, then, darling, how about giving us a song, huh? I haven't been singing much since I've been in pictures. My voice might crack. Well, go for croak, kid. <laughs> Van, are you going to sing in Crosby's place? Well, Tallulah was just saying... And uh, why couldn't he? Yeah, I guess he could. They're both about the same weight. <laughs> of course, he's got a better distributor than Hippie. Go ahead and... Uh, <laughs> go ahead and sing, Van. I know Crosby's listening. He's down at the Thunderbird Ranch in Palm Springs. This will make him get better in a hurry. Why don't you dedicate your song to that poor, sick old man? Or, or should that be that rich, sick old man? <laughs> are you listening, Lard? It rains pennies from heaven. Hey, Bing, you remember introducing that one back in 1892? <laughs> Don't you know each cloud contains pennies from heaven? Get, out of, get, get up out of bed, Bing, because Van Johnson's an old Gary Crosby. <laughs> You'll find your fortune falling all over town. Your fortune falling all over town. Bing, where's Everett? Be sick too. Be sure that your umbrella is upside down. And this kid's got hair too, Dad. Pray them for a barrel of sunshine and flowers. You got the barrel, baggy boy. Cause if you want the things you love. You must have showers. Feel better, Dad? Those aren't spots in front of your eyes. Those are his freckles. <laughs> and when you hear it thunder, don't run under a tree. This boy's really gone, isn't he, Bing? I bet you wish he was. <laughs> There'll be pennies from heaven for you. And Gary and Philip and Dennis and Lindsay and Dixie and Bob and Larry and Everett. And me.
have been listening to Meredith Wilson and his big show, Chorus and Orchestra. We have a lot more show, and we'll be back in just a moment after I say this is NBC, the national broadcasting company. This is the National Broadcasting Company's Sunday Extravaganza with the most scintillating personalities in show business. The Big Show, the Sunday night feature of NBC's All-Star Festival, is brought to you by RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, first in television, by Chesterfield, a cigarette that has, for you, what every smoker wants, mildness with no unpleasant aftertaste, the cigarette that brings you Bob Hope, and by the makers of Anison for fast relief from the pain of headache, uritis, and neuralgia. The big stars on this program are Miss Ethel Barrymore, Joan Davis, Bob Hope, Van Johnson, Groucho Marx, Asio Pinza, Meredith Wilson and the Big Show Orchestra and Chorus, and every week your hostess, the glamorous, unpredictable Tallulah Bankhead. Darling, this has been an exciting week. I'm talking about the Academy Awards. And what do you think? Now, this really will be a surprise. We've set up a special wire directed you to Holiday, who's in New York, and she's going to talk to all of us. And you'll be able to listen in. Now, this costs a lot of money, you know, especially since they raised the telephone rates in New York for 10 cents. <laughs> but NBC spares no expense. Oh, needless to say, we're especially thrilled, and we really are, about our own Judy Holiday being voted the best actress of the year for her performance in Born Yesterday. And we're doubly thrilled that Jose Ferrer, who appeared on our show first in his famous Serena de Bezeret, won the Best Actor Award. But the biggest thrill of all was when they voted my picture the best picture of the year. <laughs> I mean, of course, all about me. <laughs> of course, I thought, uh, you know, who had a pretty good chance. No, but honestly, and I'm speaking quite sincerely, I honestly consider her one of our finest actresses, and I'm not kidding, darlings. We gave a brilliant performance in that picture. <laughs> and watch out for us next year. <laughs> Is this the Academy Award, Dana? One vote for Groucho Marx and a hamburger sandwich. <laughs> well, if it isn't Groucho Marx... If it isn't Groucho Marx, why am I voting for him? Well, now a pandemonium will reign. Oh, for Bob Hope, you reign pennies. For me, you reign pandemonium. <laughs> Who wrote that joke? The head writer? <laughs> Waiter! <laughs> Well, I'm glad you're laughing. <laughs> Tell that writer to turn in his head and leave. 
Now, where were we? Oh, yes, Academy Award. Pass the envelope, please. Envelope? Kettle? Kettle. Steam? Steam. Hot water and plenty of it. A star is about to be born. <laughs> Groucho, be serious. No, not Groucho, be serious. He didn't win it this year. <laughs> this award is for the best supporting actress of the year, and that award goes to Miss Karen Steele. I never heard of her. Why did she win Best Supporting Actress Award? I took her to the movies last night, and she supported me all the way down the balcony steps. <laughs> what was the picture you saw? I don't know. We just spent the evening walking up and down the steps. It was a Russian picture. <laughs> Did you go to the Academy Award dinner? No, I wasn't hungry. Besides, I don't believe in those Academy Awards. They're fixed. Fixed? Sure. Haven't you noticed that every year the award for Best Actress is won by a woman? That's, that's chauvinism. Now, Groucho, how can you say that? The awards are voted by male. That's male chauvinism. You know the old saying, there's no venism like chauvinism. <laughs> there will be a short pause here while everybody looks up chauvinism in the dictionary. <laughs> Look under S. You won't find chauvinism there, but you'll find a lot of interesting words. <laughs> can't find your dictionary, look under D. <laughs> you can't find D, find your glasses. You can't find your glasses, look under bridge of your nose. Now you've got it, that's the unabridged dictionary. <laughs> Say, this is a pretty educational program. Now, what, uh, what was it you were saying? Grasso, I've been listening to you with thinly veiled contempt. Tallulah, they're not wearing those this year. <laughs> but if you want to wear one, it's okay with me, Miss, uh, Miss, uh, uh, no coaching. That's what Vic USC, no coaching. <laughs> USC, you're not the United States cavalry, are you? I'm walking so over no lamp. No, shut up, <laughs> You're so wound up, I don't even think you know my name. Of course I do. It's right on the edge of my lips. I don't believe it. Kiss me and I'll prove it to you. Gracio, please. No, no, say pretty, please. I never kiss a man with a massage. Well, take it off. <laughs> Gracio, cut it out. Cut it out yourself. My hand isn't steady with a razor. Oh, Gracio, darling, let's drop the subject. How about the kiss? We'll dispense with the subject with one small word, no. You win the Academy Award for the best short subject. Well, I'm going to change the subject. In that case, I'll kiss the predicate. I'm going to introduce... <laughs> I'm going to introduce Edio Pinza. Well, if that's the best you've got. <laughs> and here he is, ladies and gentlemen, star of Broadway, star Pacific, star of MGM's Miss Imperium, passenger seatbelt ladies, Mr. Edio Pinza. <laughs> Hello, Tallulah. Hello, darling. I want you to meet Mr. Pinza. I'm sorry I can't get up my seatbelts fastened. <laughs> I have met Mr. Max on this program before. Oh, sure. Hi, Izzy. Hello, Georgios. <laughs> no, Ezio, what are you going to sing for us? Oh, I am going to sing an aria from The Marriage of Figaro, Non Più Andrai. Oh, another bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. <laughs> what is the name of that song again, Mr. Pinza? Non Più Andrai. None, pure, and dry. <laughs> None means no. Pure, well, everybody knows what that means. <laughs> and dry, no smell, and it's dry. <laughs> oh, martini. <laughs> Why didn't you say you were Nino Martini? <laughs> Me, Martini? Okay, me, Manhattan. 
What do you have, Tallulah? <laughs> well, I ought to have my head examined for introducing you to Mr. Pinzo. Sounds like a long drink, but if you want it, we'll make it. <laughs> uh, Miss Bankhead, we're all ready to play for Mr. Pinzo. Well, if it isn't Meredith Wilson. Oh, hello, Mr. Marks. Oh, Mary, darling, will you get back on your stand and don't start any conversation with Groucho? Mary, do you know the song Pins is going to sing, uh, Non, Pew, and Dry? <laughs> Why, certainly, Groucho. It's from the marriage of Figaro. Figaro's married? <laughs> I better call up Hedda Hopper. <laughs> Meredith, will you please go back to your orchestra? Well, what do you know? Figaro's married. <laughs> I knew him when he had a barbershop with two chairs. <laughs> now he's got a wife and three kids. How's your wife, Meredith? Oh, she's fine. Where are you? I'm oh, over here. <laughs> I wanted to say that she's How's your fine. wife? How's your wife, Meredith? Well, she's fine, thank you. Don't thank me. I don't even know her. <laughs> well, it'll be a real pleasure to have you meet her. That's your opinion. <laughs> Mr. Marks, I am not Martini. Nino Martini. Give us the whole name, is he? Nino! <laughs> You'll turn out to be a tall chico. <laughs> now, what did you say your name is? I am not Nino Martini. That's your opinion. <laughs> now, Gracia, we're standing here wasting time. That's everybody's opinion. <laughs> You're so right, darling. And now, if you will kindly step aside, I would like to present Mr. Edio Pinza singing an aria from the marriage of Figaro. Non pure, and dry. Which Figaro sings before he gets married, and which roughly translated means, now my days of going out with other girls are over. Oh, I know that song. Bye-bye, Blackbird. <laughs> Mary, darling, music, if you please. Non ti andrai farfalone amoroso, notte giorno di torno girando, delle belle quanto è riposo, narcisetto adoncino d'amor, delle belle quanto è riposo, narcisetto adoncino d'amor. Non ti avrai questi bei pennacchini, quel cappello leggero galante, quella chioma, quell'aria brillante, quel vermiglio donnesco color, quel vermiglio donnesco color. Non ti avrai dei pennacchini, quel cappello. Quella chiuma, quell'aria brillante, non ti andrai farfalone amoroso, notte giorno di giorno girando, delle belle quando è riposo, narcisetto adoncino d'amor, delle belle quando è riposo, narcisetto adoncino d'amor. Ma perché vi può far pacco? Rambustacchi, setto sacco, gioppi spalla, schiavo al fianco, collo dritto, uso franco, un gran casco, un gran turbante, molto noi, poco contante, 
poco contante, poco contante. Ed invece del fandango, una marcia per il fango, per montagne e per valloni, con le nevi e i soglioni al concetto di tromboni, di bombarde di cannoni che le palle in tutti i tuoni, all'orecchio fantischior, non ti avrai il pennacchino, non ti avrai quel cappello, non ti avrai quella chioma, non ti avrai quell'aria brillante, non ti avrai il porporone amoroso, notte giorno, giorno, girando, delle belle turbando e riposo, narcisetto ad ancino d'amore. Delle belle turbando e riposo, narcisetto ad uncino d'amore. Perubino è la vittoria, alla gloria di vittor. Perubino è la vittoria, alla gloria di vittor. Alla gloria di vittor, alla gloria di Here's a word from RCA Victor. Why do more people choose RCA Victor television than any other make? The reason can be summed up in just one word. Quality. Million-proof quality, proven in over two million homes. RCA Victor television is America's favorite television because, feature for feature, it's America's finest television. With RCA Victor, for example, you enjoy clear, bright, steady pictures that are locked in place by RCA Victor's exclusive eyewitness picture synchronizer. You choose your set from 14 separate models, every one a masterpiece of superb engineering and quality craftsmanship. Next chance you get, step into your RCA Victor dealers and look over the very finest television in America today. And same time, add these two great RCA Victor Red Seal performances to your record collection. September song sung by Ezio Pinza, and the album of selections from Gershwin's Porgy and Bess with Reza Stevens and Robert Merrill. There's a lovely poem by John Macefield, The West Wind. I have been privileged to have heard it read by the most thrilling voice in the world. The voice of the first lady of the theater, Miss Ethel Barrymore. And if that isn't enough, the musical background you will hear was composed by another member of this royal family, Mr. Lionel Barrymore. Its title, Andante, and Meredith Wilson's orchestra will play it. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now my distinguished honor to present to you Miss Ethel Barrymore.
a warm wind, the west wind, full of birds' cries. I never hear the west wind, but tears are in my eyes. For it comes from the westlands, the old brown hills, and April's in the west wind, and daffodils. It's a fine land, the westland, for hearts as tired as mine. Apple orchards blossom there, and the air's like wine. There's a cool green grass there where men may lie at rest And the thrushes are in song there, fluting from the nest Will you not come home, brother? You've been long away It's April and blossom time And white is the spray And bright is the sun, brother And warm is the rain Will you not come home, brother? Home to us again The young corn is green, brother, where the rabbits run. It's blue sky and white clouds and warm rain and sun. It's song to a man's soul, brother, fire to a man's brain. To hear the wild bees and see the merry spring again. Larks are sea in the west, brother, above the green wheat. So will you not come home, brother? And rest your tired feet. I've a balm for bruised hearts, brother. Sleep for aching eyes, says the warm wind, the west wind, full of birds' cries. It's the white road westward is the road I must tread to the green grass, the cool grass, and rest for heart and head to the violets and the brown brook. And the thrush's song in the fine land, the west land, the land where I belong. darling, I'm at a loss for words. I've been wondering when you'd run out. (laughs) And for goodness sake, Tallulah, pull up your stockings. Oh, Ethel, please. Don't talk like that. I'm grown up now. I'm not the 14-year-old child you knew when I first came to Broadway. I always remember you as that 14-year-old child. No other living actress can make that statement. darling, I'm trying to maintain some dignity here. After all, I am in charge of the biggest show in radio. This mishmash is the greatest show in radio. (laughs) 
Well, it's the only half an hour, hour and a half, I mean. Excuse me, Bing. <laughs> hour and a half program on the air. Every Sunday I appear on this show for one hour and 30 minutes from start to finish. You've changed, Tallulah. I never you knew to finish anything in an hour and 30 minutes, unless possibly, possibly a man or two. <laughs> what exactly do you do here, aside from smirking at your friends in the audience and violating every cardinal principle of theater deportment? Well, Ethel, this is not the theater you brought me up in, darling. There is no barrier here between the audience and the performers, you see. Oh, you've always lived dangerously. <laughs> and I have plenty to do here. Don't think this is an easy job, but the whole show rests on my shoulders. I introduce the guests, I chat with them, I do dramatic acting, I announce the auction numbers, I play comedy scenes with the comedians, I sing, I laugh, I cry, whatever the script calls for. What else is there? That's all there is. There isn't any more. <laughs> I'm a lousy reading of that line. <laughs> say you have plenty of energy to learn. Well, darling, it's not as if I had a show to do every day. It's only once a week. But getting these performers to come here, going to their homes, pleading with each of them. <laughs> oh, oh, I don't do that with all of them, Ethel, darling. You mean you only came to my home and threw that hysterical fit, beating your breast, crawling about the house on your knees, then threatening to cut your wrist with an electric razor? <laughs> Pretty good performance, wasn't it, Edna? Mm, road company, Judith Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> Judith Anderson, I imitate no one. No one, darling. <laughs> well, uh, after all, Ethel, you were the star I idolized, and I still do, in the theater. And you took me on your wing, and after all, you are the great lady of the theater, so I may have, uh, well, I may have picked up a gesture, too. Isn't she sweet? Well, maybe then, well, a word or two. Are you inferring that I'm a copy of you, when, as a matter of fact, I have been copied myself? I have been copied to the letter. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, I'll give you this, too. You're a better imitation of me than she is. Well, thank you, darling. Coming from the original, who has spent so many years in the theater. Oh, stop treating me as if I were the queen mother. Well, let's get on with this shindig. <laughs> What do you want me to do now? Sing? Sing? Why not? I planned on singing Penny from Heaven. <laughs> if that stupid but desirable youth hadn't beaten me to it. <laughs> oh, Ethel, I wish I'd known you wanted to sing. I would have saved it for you. I was just so glad and happy to have you grace our program with your presence, even if you have been making those cryptic remarks about it. Well, I may be a little too harsh. I think you have a very fine show to do, Lois. Adult, smart, it's filled with talent of the highest order. I think it's the best show in radio. Oh, thank you, Ethel, darling. I'm so glad you feel that way. Would you like to come back again some week? I'd rather die. <laughs> And now Bob Hope wants to make a little money by plugging his sponsor's product. <laughs> money? This is a pleasure. I do this for nothing, and the government is seeing to it that I do. 
Which brings me to the subject of my favorite cigarette, Chesterfield. Simplest way for me to put it across is like this. Before you smoke Chesterfields, you know they're milder. Smell an open pack and you'll find, like 1,520 tobacco growers say, the aroma from an unlighted Chesterfield is milder. And while you're smoking Chesterfields, you enjoy that mildness. That better taste and cooler smoke. Then after smoking Chesterfield, there's no unpleasant aftertaste. That's what science and research discovered. Yes, the taste panel told us that of all the brands tested, Chesterfield is the only one which leaves no unpleasant aftertaste. So it all comes down to this. It's easy, it's simple, it's inexpensive. Just the price of a pack of Chesterfields to prove Chesterfield is the best cigarette for you. Uh, well, darlings... <laughs> Wasn't that a lovely chat I had with Miss Ethel Barnwell? But now we must go on from the sublime to the ridiculous. Joan Davis. <laughs> Joan Davis? That's all there is? There isn't any more? What a lousy reading of that one. <laughs> Now, just a minute, Joan. I won't stand for that. I won't permit you to say a word about any Ballymore. They are the first family in the theater. Well, so was my family. They were the first family in the theater. They always got in there before the prices changed. <laughs> now, Joan. <laughs> Joan, hmm? haven't you ever seen Miss Ballymore in the Cornish Green, the Classe, a Doll's House, School for Scandal, or as a Fee, a Porsche, a Juliet? All those old wonderful classics. Have you ever seen her in them? No, I never see those old things. I haven't got a television set. <laughs> now, Joan, how stupid can you get? Why, they put a ceiling on that, too? <laughs> Joan, my dear woman, now listen. Is there something special you want to do on the show? Yeah, Let's I'm... Let's skip right to it. Well, I, I, I'm rushing it as it is, aren't I? I, um... Uh, <laughs> just can't over on the page. <laughs> It said turn over fast, and I almost... <laughs> yes, absolutely, darling. I, I am going to read a poem. A poem? Yes. No, nobody follows Ethel Barrymore. No? See, I have that trouble, too. <laughs> and I'll just a poem, indeed. I can't hear you, Joan. Speak up. A poem, indeed. You'll read a poem here over my dead body. Well, it's your body. You ought to know. <laughs> Joan, you're not going to start comparing your figure with mine. Why, I can compare figures with anybody in Hollywood. I got a closet full of them. <laughs> Yeah, and right now, you look as if you forgot to take out the hangers. Listen, Tallulah, if we were in a contest, my figure would be way out in front. And vice versa. <laughs> it's going pretty far back for a joke. <laughs> well, you started it, sister. And I did want to have some sort of dignity on this show with Miss Ethel Barrymore here. Yes, and about Miss Barrymore, you introduced her to everybody on the show but me. Well, Joe, Miss Barrymore is a distinguished personality of the theater. Well, I know how to behave. I, I can be dignified. Introduce me, please. All right, I'll hate myself in the morning. Ethel, Ethel, darling, may I present Miss Joan Davis? Joan, this is Miss Barrymore. How do you do, Your Honor? <laughs> you may rise. 
Well, it's easy to say. Give me time. What is your name again, Charles? Uh, the name is Joan. Joan Davis. Davis. She's an imitation of Lionel, isn't she? <laughs> what else she do? Oh, Ethel Joan is quite talented. She's one of our most accomplished comedians. Really? She doesn't look like a comedian. She doesn't look like anything to me. <laughs> do you girls mind if I lower my voice into this conversation? <laughs> Exactly what is it you do, Miss Davis? Uh, me? Well, oh, I can, um, uh, I do, uh, well, uh, I also, uh, that is, I, uh, what was the question again? <laughs> Joan, Miss Barrymore wanted to know what you do. Oh, trying to embarrass me in front of all these people. Well, do I ask her what she does? <laughs> Joan, now tell Miss Barrymore what you do. Well, I, I just try to bring a little happiness to the people. In, in fact, I, I got a song here about happiness. Would you like to hear it? Not particularly. <laughs> Ethel, you took the words right out of my mouth. Well, that's a switch. <laughs> All right, Joan. Let's have your happiness song, darling. Okay, and I hope that this will be a big hit because assisting me in this calypso will be one of the most expensive quartets in show business. Ezio Pinza, Groucho Marx, Bob Hope, and Ben Johnson. I'm getting hot now, boys. How do you like my rumble? Trouble is, I can't get it out a second here. <laughs> he sits underneath a banana tree and sings to the workers on the rancho. He sings them a song of philosophy, and this is what's coming out of Pancho. Happiness, happiness, everybody's searching for happiness. Round and round, they all race. And everybody's searching in a different place. Happiness, oh happiness. Happiness, oh happiness. What a quartet. <laughs> Sounds more like the sextet from Leeching Nuts. <laughs> Poor man, he would give his soul If only he had the rich man's gold And the rich man, he would give his wealth If only he had the poor man's health Happiness, happiness Everybody's searching for happiness Round and round they all race Everybody's searching in a different place Happiness, happiness Happiness, 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 good. Thank you. No ad-libbing. Oh, that single man, he wants a wife so he can be happy all his life. And the married man, he's happy, but he wishes he'd kept his big mouth shut. Happiness, happiness. Everybody's searching for happiness. Round and round, they all race. And everybody's searching in a different locality. Happiness, 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 happiness. 
Say, Joan. Si, senor. I want to tell you that's a very pretty dress you have on. Where do you get him? I buy him at Saks. That's why I look so sexy. <laughs> Your friend, he buys a brand new car. So you buy one with more horsepower. Now your friend, he's mad at what you do. He can't kill the people as quick as you. Happiness, happiness. Everybody's searching for happiness. Around and round, they all race. And everybody's searching in a different locality. Happiness, 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 hop, happiness. Happiness, hop, hop, happiness. Happiness, ha, happiness. Not a boy, happy old boy. Everybody's searching for happiness. No matter what you now take for headache relief, we urge you to try Anison for the incredibly fast relief these tablets bring the next time you're suffering from a headache. Now, the reason Anison is so wonderfully fast-acting and effective is this. Anison is like a doctor's prescription. That is, Anison contains not just one, but a combination of medically proven active ingredients in easy-to-take tablet form. Thousands of people have received envelopes containing Anison tablets from their own dentist or physician, and in this way discover the incredibly fast relief Anison brings from pains of headache uritis, or uralgia. So the next time a headache strikes, take Anison for this wonderfully fast relief. Anison. A-N-A-C-I-N. Anison. At any drug counter in handy boxes of 12 and 30. Economical family-sized bottles of 50 and 100. <laughs> darlings, we have a lot more show for you. Bob Hope is due to come back in a moment with a few thousand world-chosen jokes, borrowed especially for this occasion. And I'm still waiting for that phone call I put to the Judy Holiday in New York to say nothing of all the other distinguished members of this week's big show. But before that, Jimmy Wellington wants to say... This, pro- this portion of the program <laughs> was brought to you by RCA Victor, world leader in radio, first in recorded music, first in television. By Chesterfield, the cigarette that has, for you, what every smoker wants, mildness with no unpleasant aftertaste, the best cigarette for you to smoke, and by the makers of Anison for fast relief from the pain of headache, neuritis, and neuralgia. And now to Lula, if you'll ring your chimes. Thank you, Jimmy. This, darlings, is NBC, the national broadcasting company. This is the big show, and Tallulah Bankhead is about to introduce another guest. Yes. It is not my present uh, chore to call upon... It says not here, but I'm sure it must be now. It is now my present chore... 
You know, I have some difficulty at all, but the not in the know. To call upon a young man who goes to New York next Sunday night at the Paramount Theater. He will be the master of ceremonies of the Damon Runyon Memorial Fund Benefit Show with a host of great stars. This young man could be none other than Bob. If he does well on the benefit, he may be again regularly employed. Hope! <laughs> Oh, great. You introduce Ethel Barrymore as Miss Barrymore, but me as just plain old Bob Hope, huh? Oh, I'm sorry, Bob, darling. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Bob Hope. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Bankhead. Bob, uh, when you play that benefit in New York, you'll be making a personal appearance with your picture, The Lemon Drop Kid, won't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, confidentially, darling, how is the picture? Well, I don't know, Tallulah. Most of the critics like Lemon Drop Kid, especially the big love scene at the finish. One columnist said, Hope registered a motion like he was registering for the draft. <laughs> the sneak preview I went to in Glendale was a great success. When I got up to leave, I was so proud I felt as tall as Gary Cooper. And the lady next to me made me give her back her shoes, and I listened. <laughs> and I listened in the lobby to hear what the audience said on the way out. They all said the same thing. Where can I buy a television set? <laughs> And to publicize the picture, they've arranged to put me on the cover of Quick next week. That's the tiny magazine where they don't use a photographer. They use an African head shrinker. <laughs> I had to stop reading Quick at breakfast time. I kept buttering it and eating it with my coffee. <laughs> those magazines kill me, especially those fan magazines that always show those leading men flexing their muscles. Silly, my muscles flex too. In fact, if I don't get my serotonin on time, they twitch. <laughs> Ladd shows his rare chest in the picture and gets a thousand proposals. I showed my chest in the picture once. I got two fan letters from gophers and a bottle of Lydia Pinkham's compound. <laughs> but anyway, the heat is off in Hollywood now that the Academy Award is over. I went. I went to the Academy Award the other night. I had to go there every year for my annual insult. <laughs> when they start handing out those Oscars, I feel like a private who wandered into the officers' club. <laughs> It's a nice, dressy affair, and the Oscars are made of what little bit of gold is left in Hollywood after taxes. <laughs> and I don't know how anyone could make such a fuss about a gold Oscar. After all, you can't take it with you. Anyway, that's what the detective at the door told me. <laughs> Lord knows I've got statues enough, my relatives. But you know... <laughs> I work this way. <laughs> Everybody was real excited. Bill Holden was biting his nails. Jimmy Stewart was biting his nails. Phil Harris was biting his cork. And I wouldn't say... I wouldn't say there were any disappointed actors there, but every time an actor asked the usher which way to the balcony, he said, you want to smoke or jump? All the movie folk were there. It was quite a sight watching the stars driving down from Warners and Paramount and galloping down from Republic. These premieres here in Hollywood are really confusing. You can't tell whether those big searchlights in the sky are for an opening or whether they're just looking for a pedestrian who didn't come down. <laughs> I didn't get out of my car right in front of the theater. The conductor told me no matter who I was, he only stopped at corners. <laughs> but I love to go to those affairs. I really do. The audience is so swanky. When they leave their chewing gum under the seat, there's always a little flavor left in it. <laughs> All the glamour girls were there. 
All the glamour girls wore their mink coats. Of course, a few of them came from rabbits. Quite a few from skunks. And you should see the... Uh... Don't leave me or I'll be back driving a cab. Naturally, you should see the mink and ermine. One star created quite a sensation when she walked in wearing Adrian personally. Everybody was a little nervous. One actor passed out. The only way they could revive him was by waving his fan mail in front of his face. But it was really exciting when it came to you, Tom. What happened to that? But it was real exciting when it came time to pass out the Oscars. I said, am I going to get one? And the guy cleared his throat. And I cleared my eye. I had a chance. I had a chance last year. Where am I? Oh yes, I had a, I had a chance last year to win the award for doing the most for the motion picture industry, but I refused to quit. <laughs> but the way I figure, I haven't won an Oscar because I never played dramatic death scenes. Every time I get down on the floor over at Paramount, somebody shoves a scrub brush into my hand. <laughs> Still haven't got to finish, have I? But there's a. <laughs> But there's been a definite trend in pictures lately. They've been doing the life of famous show people, like the life of Cole Porter, the life of Blossom Seeley, and Crosby's autobiography, the life of Father. <laughs> Monty really plays Crosby as a boy. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Bob. They can laugh at you all they want to, but I think you're funny. <laughs> now, let me see. What was I about to... Oh, yes, 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 of course. Mr. Pinza. Ezio, would you mind coming here a moment, darling? Yes, Tolola. Ezio, my sweet. You know what a devoted fan I am of yours. Nothing would thrill me more if you would do me a personal favor and sing a song just for me. I will be very happy to. Oh, Ezio, you would? Just for you, Tolola. Oh, Ezio. I will sing Andiamo from my latest picture, Mr. Imperium, soon to be released by Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer in all major cities, just for you, Tolola. <laughs> Here's a guy who plugs his pictures while he's making love. Meredith, music if you please for Mr. Pinzo. Oh, Look around you, what a beautiful soul. So come with me, presto, caro nome, my love. The sun is high above. Andiamo, andiamo for a glorious spring. How allegro, how vivace, how alive is that spring. And we are alive to each other, and so I sing fortissimo. Do you love me? Pasolasi, lasido. If you love me, I'll be so bravissimo. Andiamo, andiamo, to a hilltop of pine. 
will have pizza and pasta as a very good wine. So come with me presto for tango so fast. The bright bouquet, a perfect day, where never met to last. time for that call to Judy to come through. I'll ask the operator. Hello, operator. On that call to Judy Holiday in New York. It's Circle 7, 8301. We're ready to talk now. Now, everyone be quiet so we can hear what Judy has to say. Quiet, everybody. Y- yes, operator, I'll hold on. Yes, yes, sir. Yeah, I'll hold on. Hey, Hope, what is it, Groucho? How many times have you been on this big mouth show? <laughs> well, I'm a three-time loser. How about you? I'm a three-time loser, too. Once more and you get life. <laughs> I could use a little. <laughs> what do you think of the dames they always have on this show? As a rule, I'm not too particular, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> when a guy's on a show, he likes to get dated with one of the girls. Well, you can't say these girls aren't dated. <laughs> well, I'm not feeding you straight lines. <laughs> What am I going to do about getting a girl to go out with me after the show? Well, I don't know why you should have any trouble. You're attractive, intelligent, generous, witty, desirable. What are you doing after the show? <laughs> I'm going to be busy looking for the writer who gave you that joke. <laughs> Bob, you wouldn't dig him up just for that, would you? Now, operator, operator, what do you mean she doesn't answer? Are you sure you're calling Judy Holiday? Yes, Judy Holliday, the movie star, you know. Born yesterday. No, I don't want to talk to her mother in the hospital. 
I'm talking about Judy Holiday who won the Academy Awards. She's the hottest thing in pictures. Sold off by every producer and picture company in the business. Throwing the most fabulous salaries at her feet. You keep on ringing that number, Don. I keep on ringing it. It's a candy store, but they'll call her. <laughs> yes, I'll hold on. Fine thing. Look at the dames they get on this show and they leave a doll like Judy Holiday in New York. I wonder if she'd go out with me by phone. <laughs> Say, Groucho, what do you admire most in a girl? Well, second... <laughs> Fellas, what's going on here? Keep moving, Van. We're busy. This is man's talk, Beta. We're talking about finding us some girls. Well, what's the matter with them over there? Aren't they girls? If you have to ask, they're not. <laughs> Are you finished with me, fellas? Yes. Did I read that straight line all right? Yes. Bye now. Bye now. <laughs> hey, Duck. Duck, here comes Joan Davis. She does look like a duck, doesn't she? <laughs> You. Put me down, you fool. Well, which one of you fellas is going to break down and take me to dinner after the show? Well, Groucho is more broken down than I am. He'll take it. What's out? No, she's all yours. Now, don't fight over me, fellas. To the left. <laughs> don't fight over me, fellas. It's enough here for both of you. Besides, if that's the way you're going to act, if that's the way you're going to act, I'm going to show you what I always do. I'll just go to doing after the show. Should doing after the show. Well, what's you doing after the show? Nothing, and that's a date. Yeah. <laughs> Trapped and by a corny joke. Now you just wait here. I'll go put on a new face and no cracks. That's what she needs—a face with no cracks. <laughs> hello, hello. Wait a minute, I'm getting Judy. Quiet, please, darling. Everybody quiet. Hello, hello. Hello. This is Lula. Who's this? This is Judy Holiday. That's who. <laughs> Judy, darling, congratulations. We're so excited here about the Academy Award. Everybody in the studio is so thrilled, Judy. Oh, they're all so happy for you, darling. I've got them all here with me. Bob Hope, Groucho Marx, Edio Pinza, Van Johnson. All those fellas there with you, and you're wasting your time calling me. <laughs> now, Judy, this is no time to start that. We're all so happy you won an Oscar. Don't you think it's time you won an Oscar? Or even a Charlie, or a Henry, or a George? <laughs> Now, look, Judy, don't waste time talking about that. This is long distance. Oh, yeah, it's costing me money. I'd better hang up. No, darling, he's not talking to you. I'm the one who's calling. Yeah, I know, but I had to come down to the candy store to answer the phone, and all the kids come in, and they made a big party out of it. The treat's on me. Licorice whips for everybody. <laughs> well, darling, you shouldn't mind that. After all, isn't it wonderful that you won the award? Oh, I should say. I'm the happiest girl in the world. Uh, maybe not the world, but I'm the happiest girl in my neighborhood. I'm the first girl on my block to win an Academy Award. <laughs> Judy, Judy, darling, everybody here wants to talk to you. Here's Edio Pinza. Hello, Miss Holiday. How you do? My congratulations to you, Miss Holiday. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, do you like Tallulah? Oh, yes, very much. Are you married? Yes, I am. Let me talk to one of the other fellas. 
Judith. Which fellow are you? <laughs> this is Tallulah, darling. You're talking too low again, Tallulah. <laughs> Judy, here's Van Johnson. Hiya, Judy. How you do? Judy, I was so happy to hear you won the award. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Do you like Tallulah? Oh, I'm crazy about her. Are you married? Yep. Let me talk to another fellow. <laughs> Judy, darling, now I want you to talk to Bob Hope. Hello, Judy, baby. This is Bob. I'm glad you won the Oscar Hope, telling you to stay right in there and keep on punching, Judy. How you do? <laughs> do you Boy. like Tallulah? Oh, sure. Are you married? Yes. Happily? Yes. Let me talk to one of the other people. <laughs> and now, Judy, darling. Hold on. Groucho Marx wants to talk to you. Hello, Judy. This is Groucho. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Hey, you like Tallulah? Like a brother. Let me talk to one of the other fellas. There are no other fellas around. How about you and me going out on a date tonight? Tonight? I'm in New York. Well, you go to the Star Club. I'll go to the Brown Derby. Separate checks, of course. <laughs> oh, Judy, here's Joan Davis, darling. Hi, Judy. How you do? Oh, gee, kid, I'm sure happy you won that Academy Award. Thank you, Miss Davis. I'm sorry you lost. <laughs> oh, boy, have you got the wrong Davis. Excuse me. Wait a minute. Aren't you the Miss Davis who was interested in All About Eve? No, all Miss Davis cares about is All About Adam. <laughs> and now, Judy, darling. Judy, I saved her for the last. Here she is, Miss Ethel Barrymore. Hello, Judy, dear. Miss Barrymore, if I may step out of character for a moment, may I say that, of course, it was a thrill to win the Academy Award, but the extra thrill of having you accept my award for me was really more than I deserved. It's something I'll never forget, and you'll always have my eternal thanks. And that goes for your friend, Tallulah, for being such a wonderful friend to me. That was a lovely speech, Judy. Thank you, Miss Barrymore. And may I hope, Miss Barrymore, that if everything turns out well for you and Tallulah, next year it'll be Mrs. Barrymore and Mrs. Banker. <laughs> Well, darlings, that's our show from Hollywood. We're off for New York again tonight, and next week our stars will include Fred Allen, Vivian Blaine, Jimmy Durante, Portland Hoffer, Jane Morgan, Rudy Valley, the cast from the exciting Broadway production, Green Pastures, and others, and, of course, our very own Meredith Wilson and the Big Show Oxford Chorus. Until then, may the good Lord bless and keep you by the near, far away, Judy, may you find that long-awaited golden day today. Bob? May your troubles all be small ones and your fortune ten times ten. Joan? May the good Lord bless and keep
keep you till we meet again. Meredith? May you walk with sunlight shining and a bluebird in every tree. Groucho? May you find that silver lining back of every cloud you see. Van? Fill your dreams with sweet tomorrows Never mind what might have been Miss Barrymore May the good Lord bless and keep you Till we meet again Ezio May you long recall each rainbow And you'll soon forget the rain With the warm and tender memories Be the one that will remain Till your dreams with sweet tomorrow Never mind what May the good Lord bless and keep you until we meet again. Godspeed to our armed forces all over the world who hear these broadcasts each week. to the big show next Sunday when it will come to you again from New York. And the guests will be Fred Allen, Vivian Blaine, Jimmy Durante, Portland Hoffa, Jane Morgan, Rudy Valley, the cast from Green Pastures, and others. Meredith Wilson and the big show orchestra and chorus. And of course, as always, your hostess, the glamorous, unpredictable Tallulah Bankhead. The Big Show is produced and directed by D. Engelbach and written by Goodman Ace, Selma Diamond, George Foster, Mort Green, and Frank Wilson. This is Jimmy Wallington speaking. Phil Harris and Alice Faye. Later is Theater Guild on NBC.